Welcome to the Anonymous Andrew Podcast. Life and the choices we make. The choices other people make. Why we choose to ignore the red flags. Red flags like gaslighting, cheating, addiction, mental illness, and much more. What role do they play in relationships? Follow me each week as we discuss these topics with anonymous guests and experts to hopefully become better humans, resulting in better choices. Like I say, been there, still doing that. Now on to the show. Welcome to episode two, the Anonymous Andrew podcast. Okay, so this episode is called The Red Flags. And um, I, I got to be honest with you, I'm new at this and I've been learning the uh, ins and outs of podcasting, editing, and uh, it, it, it has taken me several days. So I've actually, I had a draft and bullet points and uh, sat down and jotted down all the memories. What I'm going to be talking about is my last relationship, which was a unbelievable story just unbelievable and you know in my I, I posted something on my instagram account that i wasn't going to talk about any one specific person that i had dated or, or or was in a relationship with um but this particular episode is going to be about this past relationship that ended abruptly and um i am not going to identify her I am not going to give you any details about her. My goal here is to point out the red flags, the odd behaviors um, that were emanating from this person. I, I don't blame this person for, for the content that you're about to hear. And by the way, some of it is, it, it is explicit. Okay, there is an explicit warning on this. Um, because there is some sexuality that has to be spoken about. Um, I'm not calling her out because it is ultimately my responsibility when a red flag appears and presents itself, what I do with that red flag. I can choose to ignore it. You know, in many relationships, especially when they call it, quote unquote, the honeymoon period, we just, what is it? Love is blind, right? We, we don't want to see the character defects in other people. But I'm not talking necessarily about character defects at this point. We're talking about life and the things that are going on in this person's life that if you had, to, if someone came up to you and told you this story, you would have said to me or that person what were you thinking because on paper it's a disaster but at the moment that i was in it i was any number of things first of all let's just call a spade a spade i'm codependent okay so i i, I ended up with a beautiful woman here let me let me start the story i i met her on, on a very well-known dating app and um i i never for a moment thought that she would answer me, but I, I can't reached out to her and I commented on something on her profile and sure enough, I got a response and, uh, oh my God, she was beautiful. Um, she's not from this country. She's from another country, emigrated here 25 years ago. Um, I'm not going to identify her ethnicity. Um, 
but absolutely stunningly gorgeous. Uh, the picture she had, she had little blue tints of streaks in her hair, and the smile was just infectious. So we, we hit it off. And for weeks, and, and it seemed like two or three weeks, we texted and FaceTimed and spoke on the phone. And uh, this was early June 2020. And ultimately, we met on a first date. She brought a friend along, which is not unusual these days. Um, and as it turns out that I happen to have known this person a long time ago. And let's fast forward. So we started dating. And um, it, oh my God, we clicked. We clicked. We, it, it was, at the time, I hate the cliches, but like the match made in heaven and, and soulmates and all that stuff. But here's where I right, let's get into the red flags. From the beginning, I was told that she was divorced, but still living with the ex-husband. And of course, I asked why. And it was, well, she had a business in the house. And they both co-owned the home, and they've been living there for 20-something years. And just because COVID shut down the business, she wasn't going to move out. But he ended up cheating on her, and so she moved to the upstairs apartment. And um, so I thought was going to go out living her life. And um, the arrangement that I was told they had was that they were going to live in under the same house, under the same roof, but live separate lives. <laughs> well, that was anything but the case. Um, I was also told that she went on this dating app that we met to get revenge because he cheated on her. So her intent was not to actually meet somebody, but she did. She met me. And we fell in love and we started a relationship. And I remember one day we were sitting on my couch and uh, I think we had just come back from the beach or something. And, and um, we had already said, as a matter of fact, I think at that beach that day, it was the first time we said, I love you to each other. Um, I think she said it to me first and I said it back and we're back at the house. And, and by the way, this is maybe neither here nor there, but we had not been intimate for two to three months. We, we were celibate. Um, we didn't have our first uh, sex for three about three months. Um, so we're sitting on my couch, and um, she says to me, you know, while I, I, I'm falling in love with you and I find you extremely attractive, and I am very interested in pursuing a relationship with you. Um, I cannot be a full-time girlfriend. And I didn't quite understand what that meant at the time. But being so blind, love-blind and blindsided and, and just mesmerized by her beauty and, and the fact that I was, oh, my God, I was so lucky. I hit the lottery. I was like, yeah, whatever. I'm in. I'm in. And... um so, but let's let's quickly take a look at some of these red flags that are already had a, appeared, and, and I chose to ignore them. So, you got an ex-husband living in the same house that cheated on her, that she was now live, still living with, uh, 
Um, she went on a dating app to get revenge against the ex-husband. Um, ends up falling in love with somebody. And then I was told, I don't think it was that day, but shortly after that, there were some men that she was still talking to on the app. And I questioned her about that. I said, well, wait a minute. I thought we we agreed we were going to pursue a relationship and we're in love. And, and this became the beginning of many... Um, answers that I just couldn't rectify. I mean, she, she would look at me and give me a non-answer or a bizarre answer or, or an explanation that just didn't make sense. And I think in the end, she just liked the attention that she was getting from all these men. But I do believe at, at that point in time, she was interested in me and only me, but she was talking to other men. And, and I said to her, would you please block them? And, and can we not make this an issue? And, and, I, I got the sort of nod, like, yeah, I'll take care of it. And um, I was under the impression that that was the end of that issue. And um, <laughs> boy, was I wrong. Um, I, I may have left something out. Um, there was uh, something after the uh, the affair occurred, um, way before she met me, she had done something to the ex-husband in a revengeful tactic style to embarrass him. And I'm not going to mention it. Um, I'm not even going to allude to it. But um, that was a red flag because she did tell me and um, I, it was quite horrific. So telling me that that tells me that this person person was capable of such of doing something I, I just can't say it. So, um, all right, let's let's fast forward. Um, a couple of another month or two goes by, and and one day she comes to me and says, "Listen, I'm I'm, I'm I have tickets to Florida that I had pre-COVID, and of course because of the restrictions and and especially in Florida, you couldn't go to Florida without uh, whatever whatever the case was. She the tickets were now viable, and she wanted to take this trip to Florida." And I said, oh, okay, why don't I see if I can get a, a seat on the same flight and we'll go together. And she was like, no, I'm going to visit a friend of the family. And um, in the early days of this relationship, she made it very clear to me that, um, remember the statement, I can't be a full-time girlfriend. She was not going to introduce me to many people. Um, she said that she needed to keep this relationship a secret. Red flag. And um, as a matter of fact, she asked me not to post anything on Facebook and, and please don't go telling people that we're seeing each other. Red flag. And But of course I obliged. Or I chose to ignore the obvious. And um, okay, so she goes to Florida to visit this quote-unquote friend from the family. And this was our first real upset. Um, I started getting pictures from Florida. Um, her and this male that she was visiting, who seemed to be her age, was a, not, not a bad-looking guy. Um, and she was there for a week. And... Um, I got pictures of them lying in bed. No, they were clothed, but they were 
seemed like they were rolling around and they were making funny faces to each other. They were taking selfies. This is not something you do with a friend of the family in a bed. And, and, and you know what? Whether it's a bed or a couch or the floor, the pictures were inappropriate. And yet she sent them to me. And I called her out on them. And um, I even said to her, um, I'm not comfortable with this. And if this is how you're going to behave in this relationship, I have to think long and hard about if this is the type of relationship I want. That was the first time I put my foot down, i.e. tried to establish a boundary, and it backfired because I got the following statement. First, she was shocked that I said that, and then she said, well, if you don't want me, there's plenty of men waiting to take your place. There's plenty of men waiting to take your place. She was so vain that she she that I was so irreplace so replaceable that it, it so my concerns about what what her behavior was didn't phase her. She was FaceTiming me one night when she was down in Florida and she was whispering. And she was supposed to be they were supposed to be sleeping in separate bedrooms, right? And that's what I was told. But she was whispering and and it was like yeah, he's asleep in the next room, but I'm FaceTiming you. You know, and I'm like, why are you whispering? You know, and really what it comes down to is, why are you hiding that you're FaceTiming me? Just odd behavior. On a trip to Florida, that she wouldn't let me come with her to visit a friend of the family that didn't seem to be a friend of the family. It seemed to be more like a, very close acquaintance. And, and to this day, I wonder if it's one of these men that she was talking to on this dating app and maybe he got her to come down to Florida and, and spend a week. I, I, I don't know. But it's a red flag. And I chose... I, well, no, I didn't choose to ignore that. I, I did confront her on it, but it backfired. Remember, I was told if I didn't like it, there were people, there were men waiting to take my place. Okay, so I'm, I'm going to, I have to remember many of these incidents, and, and they may be out of order, but as they come to me, and I did jot some of them down, I would say, like, here comes some new incidents. Um, from, from day one, we only saw each other on the weekends. She could not see me during the week. And when I asked her why not, it was because the ex-husband, was very remorseful for the affair he had and she and he wanted her back and um she needed to keep peace in the house so she could stay there because um she wasn't in the position to move out and if she moved out she might not necessarily get the equity in the house that she had put into it i, I got all these long-winded convoluted explanations so bottom line is that she couldn't get out of the house during the week so we saw each other only on the weekends um because he would literally prevent her from leaving the house there was one or two times when she tried to come down and uh he literally would she would of course she was dressed nicely and she put her makeup on and he would see her walking out the front door and he literally blocked her and told her he that she couldn't leave. Um, 
So, <laughs> red flag, okay? Um, so, she would come over on the weekends and um, at noon on Saturdays and Sundays, the ex-husband would call almost like 11.55, 12, 12.05. He would call from his job. And, and, and I would say, why is he calling? And, and she said, well, he's checking in. He, he thinks I'm home. So he's checking in on the babies. Now, the babies were the, the animals, the pets that they had. They had several dogs and cats. So this was their only bond connection. So now she had a child of her own from another lifetime, but an adult child. Um, but this ex-husband seemed to be concerned about the pets. Now, why he can't go to work and not worry about the fact that she's home and she's going to take care of the animals, but of course she wasn't home. She was with me, but he didn't know that. But every weekend we got that phone call and she would take that phone call into my bedroom and of course speak in her native first language. And um, at the time I didn't know that language. Now, ultimately as the relationship went on, I tried to, well, I didn't try. I started learning her language. Um, it took many, many took almost a year before I was able to start to pick up the conversation she was having on the phone. Um, it took a long time for her to even spend one night. Um, I tried so many times to get her to stay over on a weekend night, like a Saturday night. And uh, we pulled it off one night. And listen to this. This is how we pulled it off. He worked very early in the morning, so he went to bed early at night. So she would wait till he goes to bed and then text me and say, come get me. Now, she lived about 30 minutes away. So I would leave my house 9.30ish, get there at 10. I would text her that I'm there, and she would come running out from behind the house, hiding in the bushes, jump in my car, and we would head back to my place, and she would spend the night. And, of course, he would get up at, you know, whatever godly hour in the morning and go to work. Um, he would see her car in the driveway. So he naturally thought that she was upstairs sleeping. Thank God that he never checked to see that she was up there. But these are, these are the beginnings stages of the, the red flags have already been, you know, flying high. But the behaviors and, and, um, and I got to give her, listen, I got to give her effort for, I asked her if she could stay over and she made it happen. So, who was, I to, who was I to complain? I'm not going to complain. She, she made it happen. And it became somewhat of a regular, every other weekend kind of a thing. But she made it very clear to me that she was taking a huge risk by doing this. That if she got caught, that um, all hell could break loose. I, I don't know what hold this man had over her, but she was deathly afraid of him. So, um, but of course being everything from codependent and mesmerized by her beauty and in love with her at this point, I, I, I started to tolerate and put up with all of this wacky, crazy, bizarre behavior. Okay, let's proceed with some more examples. Um, not too long, I don't know, maybe eight months in, she took another trip to Florida. And this time it was to visit um, a brother and I think it was her father's birthday, and they were all meeting down in Florida, and they were going to have this big party for dad. And I had met most of the family. I had met maybe, maybe 
two members. Um, so I, I was still being, I was, she was still hiding me. So of course I couldn't go to Florida. And when she got down there and I was like, Hey, how was dad? And how was the birthday party? And, and she said, Oh, well, dad didn't come. Dad didn't make, he didn't want to make the flight. And the whole concept was her to go to Florida was to to celebrate her father's birthday. So I don't think she went down to celebrate her father's birthday. I think it was another trip to Florida for something else. There was another trip to Florida, another several months later. She's got this, well, we both do. We both, I'd like to move to Florida eventually and retire there. And, but she's got this fascination with Florida. But she lived there a while back. And um, anyway, she made another trip. It got to the point where I said, look, if I'm going to get... And of course, she, she never took me on any of these trips. So I said to her one day, I said, hey, why, why don't you and I go to Florida? I, I will take you on vacation down there. And that's exactly what we did. Um, at this point, she was able to manipulate her ex-husband... Uh, with some phony baloney story of uh, she was going to go visit some friends in New Jersey or some state, and um, she made up this whole story, and and, and she told me this was a big risk for her. Um, But we got on a plane. We flew down to Miami. I booked an Airbnb, and um, we landed on a Thursday night, got up Friday morning, um, and we went to the Keys, the Florida Keys, because I hadn't been there and she's never been there. And um, we're, we're both very familiar with Florida. My parents were down there and I have family down there, but I just never been to the Keys. So we, we went to the, see the Keys, spent the whole day there, came back that afternoon. We, we left early and got back about five o'clock. And when we got home, we're back to the Airbnb. She, we walked in and I said, oh, I'm hungry. And uh, what do you want to do for dinner? And she looked at me, and she had some some, some sort of a attitude, or I could see she was her, her mood had changed. She said, "Nothing. I'm not hungry. I'm going to bed." And she literally climbed into bed and pulled the sheets over her. I had um, a wet bathing suit, wet towels, uh, all this stuff that we had taken to the keys. So I, you know, went out to the car and pulled everything out, and I, I decided to do a load of laundry. And 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 she she had gone to sleep. At least so I thought. So now it's like 7 o'clock and I'm hungry. So I go out and um, I go get something to eat. I, I will admit, at this point, this is a, one a, an error on my part. I, I bought food for me. I did not buy food for her. And that was a big faux pas. But I come back and the lights are out. So I climb into bed, go to sleep. Now, I mentioned I'm in a 12-step program. So the next morning I get up, there was a meeting that I wanted to go to at 7 a.m. I go to the meeting. I come back about 8.15. The Airbnb has been vacated. Her suitcases, her clothes, her cosmetics, her toiletries, gone. Everything was gone. After about an hour of trying to raise her on the phone, like texting and calling, and I finally got her to pick up. And she tells me she's on an Amtrak train somewhere north of Orlando, um, and she was going home. 
And I said, can you explain to me why you just left me in Florida? Now, listen, it's not about the money and it's not about, I mean, there was, <laughs> I did spend some money to go down there, but it, it, it was, we were supposed to, this was our first real trip together from when I, I'm not, Remember, I'm not supposed to be seen with her, and, and I can't be on Facebook with her, and blah, blah, blah. But I got her to go to Florida with me, but it lasted two days, not even. She left me down there, and it was because she didn't like that I didn't bring her food back the night before. She didn't like the way I was driving back from the Florida Keys. You know, I may not be the perfect boyfriend, and obviously I've failed at many relationships, but one thing I know about is communication. When I got back from my meeting that morning, she should have been waiting for me, and, and she could have surely let me have it. Like, I'm angry at you. You didn't bring me food back last night. I didn't like the way you drove. Um, and and I, I'll be honest. It was uh, I-95 in Florida, that car door. You can do 80 miles an hour, and I was doing 80, 90 miles an hour, and I think at one point I was trying to change my wet T-shirt or something, so I, I, I'll give it to her. I, I was being a little reckless. But you don't leave your boyfriend in Florida over this. But in the end, I don't think she left Florida because of that. I think she had, I got, she got me to fly her to Florida I think she went up north and went to somebody else's place. I was her free trip down there. I don't know if it was another man from the dating app. I don't know if it was this guy from the first trip she went to Florida, but I don't think she went home. Long story short on this one is that a week, as far as I was concerned, the relationship was over. I, I, I spent a couple more days in Florida. My son lives down there, so I visited him. Um, I come home and I don't know, five days later, I get a phone call from her and she's, she says, I'm outside. She came down to my house and I got, this is the odd part is that cause this is not the type of person she is. She was, um, extremely sorry and extremely remorseful for doing with that and, and almost begged me to take her back. And, and, and uh, of course, I didn't want the relationship to end. I, I was angry. but And so, it, codependently and um, ignoring the flags, I took her back. Um, it, it, it wasn't an easy thing to do, but um, I did it. Okay, next I'm going to talk to you about some of the other odd behavior. Um we all text our girlfriends, boyfriends during the day, husband, wives. But, you know, I work. She didn't work. So texting during the day was spotty at best. Um, we would always talk at lunchtime. But there were times when I would, we would always say good morning. There was always a text good morning or even a phone call. There was always a phone call at lunch. Um, and, and if I wasn't too busy, maybe 2.30, I would shoot her a text. Hey, how's your day going? And... In the beginning, I would always get a response, but a year into the relationship during the second, early part of the second year, I started to not get responses. And, you know, two o'clock, three o'clock, four o'clock would go by and I don't get a response. And finally, I get home at six and um, all of a sudden I get a text at like 7.15 and 
I was like, where you been all day? I've been trying to get a hold of you. And I get the bizarre answers. My phone was in the other room charging. For five hours. And by the way, she had an Apple Watch. So you get text messages on your Apple Watch. So if the phone was indeed charging in another room, she would have gotten the message. But but I know her. She's got countless um, social media accounts, countless WhatsApp groups on her phone. She, she was glued to her phone 24-7. I, I just didn't buy it. it. It was just straight up lie. So she was obviously out where she shouldn't have been. And, and this leads me to the next one. Um, we developed a routine on Friday nights uh, because she couldn't get out, mostly. And um, we would watch a movie on Netflix together. We would pick a movie. Each week we alternated. She picked one, I picked one. And at 7.30 we would uh, call each other or she would text me, three, two, one, and we would you know, queue up the movie at nine seconds or whatever, and we would watch the movie remotely simultaneously. So she would watch it from her home, I'd watch it from my home. Uh, it was the best that I could get from her. I couldn't, she wouldn't go to the movies, or I don't think they were open. It was still COVID. Um, and that was the closest I was going to get to taking her to the movies and watch a movie with her. And then, of course, we would call at 9.30 and talk about the movie and then say goodnight. There were numerous times when 7.30 would roll around that Friday night, those Friday nights, and I would text her at 7.20 and say, hey, you ready? Um, I'm queued up to like the eight-second mark. I wouldn't get a reply. 7.40, 7 o'clock. Another disappearing act. Gone. 8.15, I get a call, and I can hear her running up her stairs to her apartment, and she's out of breath, and I can hear the keys jingling, and she's trying to get in the door, and she's like, oh, I'm so sorry, I'm really late. Um, just give me a minute to change, and I'll queue up the movie, and we'll watch the movie. And didn't even give me the chance to ask her why she's late and where was she, but I, you know what? I, I, I got I'm, At this point, I'm getting used to this, so... But ultimately, it happened more than one time. So I finally had to say to her, please tell me why aren't, what's going on? And she finally came clean with me on one of them. And she said to me, I, I got invited to dinner. Um, So-and-so uh, impromptu called me up and said, hey, let's grab a bite to eat. And it was like five o'clock or something. And she says, I thought I had plenty of time that I would eat dinner and get home by 730. And... She said that she knew by like at 7.10 when they were still there that she wasn't going to make it. And I said, well, why wouldn't you text me or pick up the phone and call me and say, hey, babe, I got invited by Nancy to go grab um, dinner and um, I'm going to be late. So can we watch the movie at 8.30? And um, her answer to me was... Uh, again, a non-answer. She shrugged her shoulders like she didn't know how to answer that. She just didn't have an answer. Um, because I think there was, that wasn't the truth. She didn't go to a restaurant. Okay, let's go on to, we're going to segue into different things here. Um, a lot of these disappearing acts, or she would tell me she was going someplace. Um, a, a family member of her had a boat. 
and during the summer, sometime during the week, they would go boating. Uh, we live in an area where there's a lot of boating. And um, I would get pictures throughout the day saying, hey, we're out on the, you know, the body of water. And um, I would get pictures of her and her, okay, brother. And, um, but here's where it gets weird. This happened frequently. And I I had to, I got to tell you folks, I, I got suspicious. So I started looking at the metadata of the pictures. And a lot of times, so many times, they just didn't match. The dates weren't right. I know what kind of um, cell phone she had, and the metadata tells you what picture, what cell phone took that picture. And you can tell if that picture was came from that cell phone or was it forwarded from another cell phone. And so many times, it just was not. Also, if you notice on on the, on some of the newer cell phones, it'll actually give you the GPS of exactly where that picture was taken and the date and the time. That can all be altered. And I think it. there were times when she didn't alter it because she didn't think I would check. But then she started catching on and started to play with the, um, the meta settings. And um, she made some mistakes and, and and here's an example. Um, told me she got tickets to go see a band at one of our local venues, um, some band that she really wasn't like a big fan of, but her brother had an extra ticket. And um, she said, look, do you mind if I go? And I'm like, again, what am I going to say? No. And um, so I get a picture of her and her brother driving to the venue. And, or actually, they went to dinner first. So a picture of her driving to the restaurant. And it was her in the front seat of the car taking a picture of her brother driving. And I know the car her brother has. An hour later, I get another picture from her saying, hey, we're off to the venue to see the concert. It was a completely different man driving the car. And it was a different car i could tell by the steering wheel i could tell by the the door and the mirrors and um you gotta remember these pictures today are quite detailed the the resolutions are good and i could tell that one was a nissan and then one was a an audi you know two different makes of cars so okay the the second part of this monologue we're going to get a little bit explicit and um, I'll be right back. Um, you're not going to know this, but I have to take a few minutes here to uh, collect my thoughts on this next segment. Uh, actually, before I do move on to the more explicit content, I, I just want to make a few notations here. This is what gaslighting looks like. This is where when you're presented with something that clearly does not make sense, the pictures, the explanations, um, the lies, the dis- deceptions, the disappearing acts, all, all of it. And y- you're called, uh, I was called, I'm being paranoid. And um, this is typical gaslighting. It, it's, they, they make you question your own sanity. And there were there were times when I really had to look at the picture and and listen to the explanation and just say, well, maybe maybe it is me, maybe she, 
did go to that concert or, or um, one day was her birthday and um, I had planned a whole day around for, for her and it was a Sunday and she came down I picked her up she lived 30 minutes away I picked her up came down we made breakfast I uh, gave her her presents and about 11.30, I get this. She, she comes to me and says, I just got a text message from my, my brother. And there's some documents in my house that he needs. Now, he lived in another state, ran some business. And somehow, documents in her house had to be FedExed to a client somewhere in the United States by 4 o'clock that afternoon. Otherwise, he was going to lose a deal that he's been working on for months. If you just listen to that right there, that doesn't make any sense. If this guy's working on a deal, what are these documents doing in her house, not his house? But she, th the story is, is that she asked me to drive her back home so she can get these documents and get them over to FedEx or UPS. I think it was UPS. And um, I was like, sh and she showed me the text message. Okay, she would literally open up her app, WhatsApp, and, and of course it was in her native language, but I saw the words UPS, I saw her brother's name, and she just showed me the phone long enough to, to see something about documents, and I need them by 4 o'clock. But, you know, the date and the time and some of the details weren't, I, I, I didn't look long enough to see, but as usual, I was like, okay, hon, let's go. We jump in the car, and on the way up there, she says to me, look, just drop me at my house, and you go over to Chili's. That's where we were going to have lunch, I think, and you meet. I'll meet you there. And I said, well, why can't I come with you? I'll come to the house. You run in, you get the documents, and we'll run over to UPS, and we'll mail them. No, go to Chili's and wait for me there. I will meet you there in 45 minutes. I did that. So I go to Chili's, and sure enough, I don't know, within the hour, she shows up, and we go to lunch. And But at this point, my head is just spinning because I know she's lying. And, and again, why can't I be with her? Why did she need to separate from me? This is on her birthday. And... She tried to take the high road. She she knows she, she knew she was caught in a lie, and but it was her birthday, and she said, Let, "Let's just go and have a good day." So we we went shopping, and um, we did a few things, and we ended up at Staples of all places because I we had to pick up something on a project we were working on together, and inside Staples was a UPS drop-off center, and and I said to her, "This was around the the corner from where she lived." I said, oh, is this the UPS that you dropped the documents off? And she grabbed my hand and pulled me down one of the staple aisles to, to uh, the card stocks. We were making some cards that we were making and diverted me from the question. Wouldn't answer the question and, and literally just pulled me away. Um, I, I find out later, and another whole story, like almost a month or two later, that she indeed lied to me. And, and and the explanation that I got, again, I think was a lie. Um, I'm not going to get into it. But the point is, is it was just 
one after the other after the other. This woman was living two lives. Our relationship and her world. Um, it's, the only, it's the only way I can put it at this point. And, and there's, there's a lot more. Okay, so if you're family member, friend, or just somebody who doesn't want to hear the, the next part, it's sexually explicit, um, you can tune out. Early in the relationship, when we would have sex, there were many times. Now, it wasn't frequent in the beginning, but it became, became more frequent as it went on. She would come over, and, and of course, sex was only viable on the weekends because we didn't get together during the week. So um, Saturdays and Sundays were reserved for our intimate time, and it was almost like clockwork. And But one day she came over, and we ended up in the bedroom, and when she was in the bed, she would say the following words to me. My vagina and my breasts are off limits. Now, I would I would say why, and and she would just say, please just listen to what I'm saying, and um, she would offer something in return, um, and sometimes that's what we did. Other times, I was told that I could pleasure myself to her while she lay there naked. And this happened, I, I got to count at least a half a dozen times. And ultimately I, I pushed her on it and I got everything from, I'm going through menopause to um, sometimes it just was, please just don't ask any questions and just do as I ask. And you know, in a relationship when you're, communication is key if I think one time it was a UTI she had a UTI infection and and, and maybe she did but I, I didn't find out until weeks later when I pushed her on the issue so if, you, if you're gonna make love to your boyfriend or girlfriend and either one of you has a symptom you know UTIs are not STDs but it's something that you're supposed to avoid having sex when you have a UTI and I get it. So you, you, you would say to the partner, hey, listen, I think I have a UTI. Can we either use a condom? Can we abstain today? Or can we do oral? Or any one of the above. But you would present that argument up front or present that excuse. These aren't the right words. You would just discuss it up front. But all I got was the arms across the chest and the hands across the pelvis, the, the genital area, saying off-limits. And there, there was um, even a time when I looked down at her and her entire pelvic region was engorged, inflamed. She was a thin 115-pound woman. So when you looked in that region, and, and I knew that region by heart, it didn't look right. It looked like it had been beaten, if you know what I mean. 
There was a time when, let's get into photographs. There was times of when she would share some of her intimate nude photographs. And I have to tell you folks, listen, I know it's common. Women send their, and, and men send these nudes back and forth to each other, and it's a big risk. Um, do it at your own risk. But she was very open to doing that with me. But I have to tell you that some of these pictures that I got from her, these were not her walking into a bathroom mirror and taking a selfie. These were pictures that were very professionally or, or very well done, planned out, or taken by somebody else. Um, the quality was impeccable. Um, even some of them looked like they were, the quality was not good, as if they were taken by a webcam. Um, even the poses that she was sitting in, as if she was sitting in front of a, of a, a, a laptop. I have to tell you folks that I did some research. Um, I, I got so tired of these lies and these manipulations and the gaslighting. Um, I can't get into details, but I, I, I hired a, a PI and, um, and, and I, I have some people that I know and um, I, I did some research and I got to tell you that the information that came back to me was gut-wrenching and I called her out on it. It, it let's just say that there was activity being done on her half that was completely inappropriate if you're in a relationship if you're not in a relationship it's your business um, I want you to read between the lines here okay um, I, 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 I gotta be careful but um, just think about the times when I wasn't able to have sex with her because, and so now it makes sense. She was probably out the night before having sex with either multiple partners. Um, and often, even on a regular weekend when we did have sex, her she would tell me that I had to go gently, that her vagina was sore. And, and again... I got all sorts of excuses. It's been like that since I was 15 years old. She had a childhood of, uh, trauma and blamed it on that. And um, just all sorts of, again, gaslighting and um, excuses. And, you know, I'm, I'm going to wrap this up, but I, I, I'm not here to out her and, and hurt her. And, and it, it's just that if you come across these types of behaviors in any relationship and you stick around I, I, I hung in there for two years over two years and it blew up four months ago I, I won't get into the details of the ending but it kind of ended the way um, it, it, she came over <sighs> I'm going to leave it there. This woman has some wonderful, beautiful qualities to her, which is why I fell in love with her. And it wasn't like this 90% of the time. It was like this 
50 to 60 percent of the time some of this stuff there were so many beautiful times um we were beach people and we often took trips um, there's a place near us about an hour drive from us that we love to go on um, we would go there frequently and it's wine country and um i don't drink but i'm just giving you the scenario where we went and there, this relationship wasn't all like this. There, there were so many beautiful, beautiful times. I learned how to cook her, her, her native culture, her, uh, cuisine, and um, she did so much for me in my home. She, you know, I have a, I, I live alone, and I'm like a bachelor, right? So when she met me, boy, she came in here and she decorated and she bought me appliances and cleaned my bathroom. And uh, I, I got to tell you, there was so many beautiful things about her um she's the one that taught me how to read tarot cards i, I am now a tarot card reader and um, i still do that um, i do have an instagram account on that well some other day we'll get into that so folks i'm, I'm gonna wrap this up um I, I, just the red flags if you choose to ignore them you're gonna get burned the breakup was the hardest breakup. Listen, I've been married and divorced. I had another relationship and I had a child out of wedlock and that relationship ended abruptly and I've had some pretty bad heartbreaks. I was even engaged to somebody over 10 years ago and that broke up, but that was more due to my being drunk. I was a drunk. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna dance around that one. But this is my sobriety and, and I'm, I'm with this woman and I, I, she broke my heart if you know anything about the tarot cards the three of swords that was my heart and the seven of swords okay um which is deception that's the, the, the deception card so folks um we're going to get into all of this down the road with with professionals and, and other people i have other people who have the same story similar kind of red flags why do we ignore these flags why do we choose to ignore them why do we why do we allow our, ourselves to get gaslit why do we continue to think it's going to get better and why do we continue to accept the lies and and hope um and, and i don't know if i mentioned to you that i did get down on one knee and ask her to marry me about three months before the relationship ended and she said yes so we were technically engaged and um of course that never happened um i mean we stayed engaged and then it, it imploded so um all right i'm gonna end it there um there's so much more i want to talk about but I, I it's really not about her it's about the behaviors and the flags and and how i chose to deal with them and i want to help you identify and why don't we stop at that time three months in two months in the first month in when she said to me i will not i cannot be a full-time girlfriend and i live with my ex-husband and i went on a dating site to get revenge and i did something horrific revengeful tour i, I should have walked away at that point this is not the type of person that i want in my life but i was looking at a beautiful Folks, Anonymous Andrew here, podcast, life and the choices we make. Um, all I can say to you, if it feels good, do it, but please choose wisely.